What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's, uh, let's first of all uh, pray. Father, as has already been prayed, you are the special guest here tonight, Lord, and you are the guest of honor, Lord, and we are asking you, Lord, to open our eyes, to open our hearts, Lord, open our ears ears tonight to hear wondrous things you have for us out of your word in Jesus' name, amen. If you turn, please, in your Bible to Genesis chapter 22, we're going to continue on this theme of the test of God's friend. We already saw that Abraham was the friend of God, and we saw what that meant, and now we're in this passage here where God is testing his friend. Genesis 22, verse 1, if you please follow along here as, as we read this passage here. Genesis 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I am the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went, both of them, together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering 
So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God had told them of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his hand. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said unto this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now, in this, the, the last time when we were together and we were studying this history, really it's the history of the sacrifice of Isaac, we really centered on verse four. Verse four where it says that it was on this third day that Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And at that time, we really centered our attention on these words on the third day. Because although in this passage, nothing is specifically said about those three days when Abraham was with his young man and with Isaac, his son. But we found ourselves, as we, as we were reading that on the third day, we realized it's three days. We said, this was a wait a moment, wait a minute time here for us as we thought about those three days. So we kind of stopped and camped out here and we paused to think about these three days when Abraham was alone and he had this, well I should say that Abraham alone, he had this great secret, nobody else knew, that Isaac was gonna be sacrificed. That was a tremendous burden on Abraham to be carrying, he was carrying this burden, the weight of this, this knowledge that not only he knew Isaac was gonna be the sacrifice, and that was the three days when he was with Isaac. And so we thought about that, how God had given these important three days, an interval of three days to Abraham, so he could think over carefully what he was going to do. And this gave Abraham the opportunity to back out and say, no, that's a little bit too much. Or to confirm his great choice to go forward, obey God, and sacrifice Isaac, his son. So these three days represented for Abraham the time, a time to remove the impulse of the, yeah, I'll do it, and just think it through and get him really ready and, and fully considered all the, on this hands, on the other hand, and so forth like that, really to come to the place where, yes, I've thought it all through for three days, I'm ready to obey God and sacrifice my son. So as we thought deeper into those three days, we saw that's a perfect illustration of the great resolve of God the Father. The Bible says, that God the Father had decided to sacrifice his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the sins of the world from a certain point, which is described in Revelation 13.8. Revelation 13.8 says, all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That's the point in time, whatever that was from the foundation of the world that God the Father knew that his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, was going to be sacrificed from Revelation 13, 8, from the foundation of the world or before the world was even founded. As it's also pointed out, same words in 1 Peter 1.18. 1 Peter 1.18 where it says, for as much as you know 
that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb, without spot, without blemish, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Foreordained before the foundation of the world. God the Father foreordained or decided that his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, was gonna be sacrificed. And just as Abraham had his three days when he knew that he was gonna sacrifice his son Isaac, so God the Father had his time from the foundation of the world when he knew that God the Son was gonna be sacrificed for the sins of man. So during those three days, Abraham is going along there with his son Isaac, he's, and they're making their way slowly to Mount Moriah there, and really all Abraham is thinking about is he's thinking how, he's, he's kind of going over his mind, and he's thinking, Isaac is going to become the sacrifice under my knife. Isaac is gonna die under the blade that's in my hand. We could just picture in our minds how during those times that Abraham was focused on the death of his son Isaac. It's all he was thinking about. And that's how we can understand how since the foundation of the world, all God the Father was thinking about was the death of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It was going to be under his hand, under the hand of God the Father. As we read in Isaiah 53.10, Isaiah 53.10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. He hath put him to grief. And you thought it was the Italians. This was such an intense, dramatic three days of Abraham's anticipation of the sacrifice of his son. And it causes us to understand the intensity and the drama that God the Father was going through as he was looking at the sacrifice of his son. Now, For Abraham, the anticipation was three days. For God the Father, it was from the foundation of the world. So it's a storm. It's a storm of anticipation that's going on inside of Abraham as he's moving on till the time when he lifts up his eyes and he sees the place. And finally, we have no comment during these three days. It's like a silence. It's like a silence. But finally for us, the three days of silence is broken as he speaks now in verse five, to the two young men that are with him. And Abraham said, verse five, Abraham said unto his two, unto his young men, abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So now Abraham, they're walking along for these three days. He sees the place afar off, then he turns to his two young men, he's looking right at them, and he says, he explains to them what's gonna happen. He says, look, uh, I and Isaac are gonna go on from here alone. So just the two of us, we're gonna go alone and worship. And he tells the two young men to stay here and that Isaac and him are gonna walk far away so that so far that they will not be able to see them. And Abraham told them, the young men, that they're not gonna be able to see him and that because he was gonna go worship. So in verse five, Abraham is saying he and his son are gonna go yonder, that he and his son are gonna worship, and that he and his son are gonna come back to them again. He's saying this to the two young men. Just as sure as you're gonna see me and my son, my son and I, go yonder, He's telling this these, these two young men, just as sure as you're gonna see us walk away from you, 
that you can be just as sure that things are gonna happen. And one thing is that you can be sure that when you can't see it, and we're on this distant hill, we're gonna be worshiping God. And he's saying to these two young men, just as sure as you're gonna see us walk away, you can be absolutely 100% assured that we are gonna walk back to you. You're gonna see us walking back to you. And he says these to the two young men, and he's like making a promise to them that he's gonna return that he and Isaac are gonna return together. It's just like the two angels, I mean, the two men in the first chapter of Acts, in first chapter of Acts, Acts 1-6, in fact, Acts 1-6, where there's there's these two men and these two angels, and this whole thing is going on where they said, and they therefore were come together, they asked of him, they're speaking to the Lord, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it's not for you to know, the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So there were sayings, you watched him go, you're gonna see him come back, same way. So just as in Genesis 22, these two young men are standing there before Abraham, so the two men are standing there in Acts 8 and before the Lord Jesus, just as the two young men, they saw Abraham and Isaac walk away, the two men in Acts, see the Lord Jesus leave them. And just as the two men were told, look, you know, you're not gonna see him, he's gonna be in heaven. So they were, Abraham was saying, you're not gonna see us, we're gonna be worshiping there. But then as just as the two young men were told, 100% you're gonna see the Lord Jesus return, so Abraham told these two young men, 100% you're gonna see Isaac and I, Isaac and me walking right back to you. So that was very important, and Abraham did not mean I'm gonna be coming back with an urn in my hand and, 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 and Isaac's ashes in it. He didn't mean that, because he meant it. He said, you're gonna see, you're gonna see Isaac alive, alive. Now that allows us to now see clearly that Abraham was expecting God to raise Isaac from the dead. And it shows, you know, he's expecting his, that there were, he was, in his mind, he was thinking, Isaac is going to be reduced to a pile of ashes after he becomes the burnt offering, and from that dead pile of ashes, Isaac's gonna get right back up out of that. And that's what's told to us in Hebrews eleven seventeen. Hebrews 11, 17, where it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, even from ashes, from whence also he received him in a figure. See, this is in Hebrews eleven seventeen, it says there, by faith Abraham offered up Isaac. What by faith? What did by faith mean? What did Abraham have faith for? Abraham had faith that God was not lying. 
when he, when he said that all the promises are centered in that boy, in Isaac, and that from Isaac was going to spring out a great nation, therefore Abraham's people. Therefore, Abraham had faith that God would raise Isaac up from a pile of ashes, and that was a faith that was based on God's word. It wasn't a faith that says, oh, I really love Isaac, I don't want him to die, so I have faith, you're gonna raise him up, no. It was a faith that Abraham had based on God's word. So, Abraham has told the two young men here, he and Isaac are going far away, and they're gonna return. And, and when Abraham was with the two young men, those are the only words that we hear from Abraham, that's all. And now we have a description of what Abraham did in verse six, it says Abraham, then he moves on, he, he goes and takes the wood of the burnt offering, and he lays it on Isaac, his son, and then Abraham takes the fire in one hand and the knife in the other, and then it says they both went up there together. So we see Abraham now, we hear him, he's told this to the, to the two young men, and now we're, we're focused on Abraham, we see him taking the wood, and we see him laying the wood on Isaac to carry, and then we see him taking the fire and the knife, and they set out. And all this is done with in complete silence and for us, it's driving us crazy. You now we wanna to say to Abraham, Abraham, speak, will you show some emotion, Abraham? But now Abraham doesn't speak. Abraham is just silent, and Isaac is silent. As Abraham loads the wood onto Isaac, he takes the knife, the, the knife that's gonna be plunged into Isaac's heart. He, so he takes the fire, the fire that's gonna burn up Isaac, and it's just silence. And we're reading this, this passage here with all this silence, and all we get is this emphasis on, on what he did with the and, 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 and in verse six, and Abraham took the wood and laid it upon Isaac, and he took the fire and a knife, and they went. And, and there's not one syllable from either the father or the son. It's all this, this like, all this and, and, and. It's like a, like a horse, clip, clop, clip, clop, going along. And the ands are the short phrases of these details about the wood, the knife. They just are emphasizing to us this slow, deliberate progress that the two of them are making toward the mountain of the ultimate sacrifice of Isaac. And all this shows us again this perfect resolve that Abraham has. He's going to sacrifice his son, and he's carrying in his hand the fatal knife and the, and the fire that's gonna consume, and yet there's no animal. There's a total absence of animal. And so what's happening here? Because Sarah, mama didn't raise no fool. So Isaac here is slowly realizing he is the sacrificial lamb. He's realizing this. And during that realization, as Abraham turns to Isaac and he puts the wood for Isaac to carry, we can see Isaac at this point look into the eyes of his father as Isaac is holding out his arms to carry the wood, as if Isaac is saying, as he's realizing, yes, father, I will carry the wood that I realize is the wood to burn me up. And we can see Isaac accept the wood to carry to the place of his execution. And we can see, and when we see all this, it's so dramatic because beyond the sacred page, we see another Isaac accept the wood to carry to the place of his execution in John 19, 17. John 19, 17, the Lord Jesus, it says, and he bearing his cross went forth unto a place called the place of a skull, which is in the Hebrew Golgotha. 
So after the Lord Jesus has been beaten to a pulp by the Romans, by the, by the, the whips that the Roman had that, that tore the flesh off, and then the Romans then give to the Lord Jesus the cross that he's to die on. And when the cross is given to the Lord Jesus, we can see the Lord Jesus thinking to himself, hmm, just as Abraham, just as Abraham gave to Isaac the wood to carry that it was gonna burn him up. So now I'm being given the cross that I'm going to carry and I'm gonna die on. And the Lord Jesus is thinking, just as Abraham looked into Isaac's eyes and gave the wood to Isaac to carry to the place of execution. And it, it, now, not the Romans, I don't see the Romans, I don't see the Italians, I see, I see the Father looking into my eyes as he gives me this wooden cross to carry to the place of my execution. And he's thinking, just as Isaac looked back at Abraham and said, yes, Father, I'll carry the wood to my execution. So now I look back up to God the Father and I say, yes, Father, I will carry the cross, the wooden cross, to the place of my execution. And now comes one of the most beautiful statements in the Bible. And in this statement, there is a very important word that appears for the first time in the Bible, the first time this, this, this word is used in the Bible, and it's in this chapter, and it's not just used once or twice, it's used three times. And this word is the key to understanding this history. And the word, it may seem to you kind of like, yeah, so what? But it's not. It's the end of verse six, when it says, and they went both of them together. They, were gonna, they went both of them together. Vayahu shnaim yachdav. Vayahu means that they went. The word yalku is from the word halach, which is the word that the, the first word that God said to Abraham back in Genesis 12:1. Genesis 12:1, when it says, "Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy from thy father's house, a land I'll show thee." That was when God said, get thee out, or lech lacha, which literally means go, you go, you know, like scat. And that was the first time in the phrase there in, 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 in Genesis uh, 22.6 when they says they went, sorry, that was the first word, the first word was yelku, they went. It was characterized Abraham's life. He was the Lech Lecha man. He was the one who left after God said, go, you go. And so it's the same word. But then there's the next word, Shnaim. Shnaim is very simple. It's the word two. Echad Shnaim is number one, number two. So he says, you go two, the two, two of you. And now comes the most wonderful word in this chapter. Like I said, it's the first time in the Bible this word's been used. And it's just like God was keeping this word in the Bible till now when he introduces the meaning of this word in the most dramatic way in this history of Abraham and Isaac. And so first time now, God is like, put the package of this word in front of us. It's all wrapped up. And he, and he, un and he unwraps it. He says, there, there's the beautiful word, yachdav, yachdav. And you might say, yachdav, what's yachdav? Of course, you say, yachdav, what's it? Yachdav, right? They chop liver, so yachdav, right? <laughs> Anyway, no, and you, and you might say, you know, yachdav, it sounds like echad, which is one. It sounds like that. But yachdav means to become one, to become one, or united, or united. It's a very important word, just the first time used here, and it's the center 
of Psalm 133. Psalm 133, where it said, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's the last word, yachdav there. It goes, hinematov, behold how good. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.